Welcome to the Wellness Hustle Podcast. I'm Kirsty Taylor, your host, a writer, a storyteller, and a wanderer of life. I struggled so much in the past, and it wasn't until I started to focus on myself that I saw true change and really started living my life. This podcast is aimed to help you realize that this whole work hard, play hard mantra bullshit has not been cutting it. We need to focus on what truly matters. Think of this podcast as a tool for finally hustling for yourself. So let's shift our focus from the external to the internal because in the end, you deserve it. All right, welcome to another episode of the Wellness Hustle Podcast. So, this week has been pretty good. I've been doing a lot of writing, which I love writing. It's my jam. And if you want to, you can always follow me on Medium. It's a really awesome platform where people can write, and if you're good, it gets seen by people, and the quality of writing on there is really awesome. My username's Kirsty Taylor. But anyways, yeah, I've been writing a lot, and I love writing, and I love really getting into deep personal experiences and deep personal things that I've thought that I've thought about or considered before and just like writing my thoughts on them. It's actually the easiest for me personally to write things out. I'm a little bit more of a contemplative, maybe even a little bit of an introvert, I guess. And so my writing is the truest expression of my feelings and myself. And it's been going really well. Oh, that's another thing. I got my first paid writing job, which if you're a writer, you know those are hard to come by, at least ones that pay well. So yeah, that's been my week. It's been really cool. And this podcast, I got to interview Stevie Wright. She's a fucking amazing. And you guys are gonna love this podcast. But what I want to say is that it is the longest podcast I've done so far. So I'm just gonna kind of jump right into it and not have any type of long intro. So Stevie Wright is a certified body image coach. Her mission is to help women ditch the drama with food for good and come back home to their true bodies, which is beautiful, and she has so much wisdom to share. It's really incredible, especially I have history with eating disorders, body dysmorphia, body image, and so talking with her and hearing her insight on that whole world was amazing, really fun, and tune in to the very end of the episode because we do this badass badass is kind of an interesting word to use for that, but we do this really cool body check-in. I actually got to go see Stevie up in her place in Hollywood, so that was fun. In-person interviews are always really cool. So yeah, let's just jump right into it. Can't wait for you guys to hear it. Me and Stevie talking about body image, self-love, and all that good stuff. All right, so yeah, we just get going. Thank you for being, well, not being, me being here because I'm in your apartment. Thank you for being on the podcast. Uh, shout out to Jody. She introduced <laughs> us, my friend that works at Berries. So welcome. Thank you. And thank you for the bulletproof coffee that you made me. It's delicious. You're so welcome. Thank it's you so for having frothy. me. <laughs> what For those of you who are listening in, we are about a foot away from each other yes. in my living room, getting close to this mic, and I made, <laughs> I made a... Uh, a bulletproof coffee for Kirsty, and it's very frothy and yes. delicious. What, wait, what did you say made it made it frothy? So the collagen mm-hmm. and the MCT oil mixed with the bulletproof makes it super frothy. Like pro tip, if anyone needs to know. And then so what you do is you I, I make mine iced, mm-hmm. so I'll blend the liquid with the collagen and the MCT, and then I'll put a little stevia, and then I pour over ice, and it's a dream, you guys. Yeah, this is honestly <laughs> so delicious. Thank you. I'm so excited. Thank you. <laughs> Cool. So how about you tell me a little bit about how you got into like the work that you do and your journey into being a self, is it self-love body coach? So yeah. So my name is Stevie Wright. I am, I I call myself a body image coach Mm -hmm. and I really help women ditch the drama with food for good. Yeah. So yeah. So that's kind of my one liner. And, And of course it's so much more than that, the work we do, but I think the there's so many women who struggle with body image and self love and their relationship to food. Um, but our work together is so much deeper than that, which we can get to in a second. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, so I do high level one-on-one coaching. I do group coaching. I'm going to be hosting my first retreat this year. Oh, cool. Where? So you'll have to come. I'm thinking Joshua Tree because it's the oh, most magical place. I'm down. In the universe. I'm so down. <laughs> yeah. Joshua Tree is honestly like otherworldly. I know. The- 
the Joshua trees are obviously what makes it <laughs> but it's so beautiful there. I love it. Yeah. It is. So I'm going to be hosting my first retreat there this summer. Um, and I host a women's support group in my home, um, oh, which wow. you're more than welcome to come yeah, to. Yeah, and about that. Yeah, and anyone who's listening can reach out to me about that. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, really just anything to empower and up-level the consciousness of women and help them and support them is my jam. Yeah. 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 I love that. <laughs> Very cool. So what got you into – how did you figure out that you wanted to be um, a body image coach? It's all, I, I I never know where to start when I'm asked this question. I'm always like, well, my birthday was on December 11th. Right? <laughs> <laughs> this is when I was born. And this is the whole no, okay. So I think that my my journey as a coach, but not just as a coach, also my journey into personal development and healing my own self mm-hmm. is from this really deep worthiness wound that I have. And I've struggled with it my whole life just this feeling of not being good enough and not being worthy. And uh, I found myself throughout my adolescence and young adulthood just constantly playing small and um, not speaking my truth and being a victim and, you know, just not in an empowered place, not fully in my power. Mm -hmm. And that, that, that came from many different things. I think from a really young age I was told the message you know, from several different people and media and different experiences in my life that in order to be worthy, I have to perform, I have to achieve, I have to do, I have to hustle, I have to um, work really hard, I have to grind, I have to be perfect. Right. And so, and the other caveat to all of this is that I'm a performer, I'm a professional singer, and so actually Mm -hmm. to this day I I sing, I'm in a band and I sing on the side. Uh, So my way of receiving love as a little girl was through performing. Okay. Because I got such fantastic feedback and Mm -hmm. validation from it. So the message that I got was be perfect, achieve, do, do, do. And the only way you're going to receive love is if you perform. Mm -hmm. So that kind of turned into, as an adult, into this really big worthiness wound and also this really uh, large need for validation. Mm Mm-hmm from people and what it came down to is I need you to love me and give me praise because I don't love myself. Yeah. Sounds very familiar. (laughs) Yeah, I get that. And so, um, I started really, I, I, I I kind of say that I woke up, you know, Mm -hmm. my, my healing journey started like two and a half years ago. Okay. And, um, how that started is kind of funny is I was, I, I call it my, I've talked about this on podcast before, but it is so true. It's like I was in my quarter life crisis. Okay. I was in my early twenties and no idea what I was doing. No. I was working a bullshit like retail. Am I allowed to cuss on this podcast? Oh yeah, go okay. for it. <laughs> I say all the customers. Okay. Go for it. <laughs> like, someone's had to correct me before and I'm like, oh no. no. Um, yeah. So I was just working like a lame retail job and mm-hmm. When I I came to LA five years ago, and when I first came here, I was still like coaching was not on my radar at right. all, Christy, yeah. not at all. Uh-huh. And so I came here like doing the artist thing. I was like, you know, coming to LA to be a singer, to, totally okay. to be famous. Where and, like, are you from? Be a singer. I'm I'm actually I'm still from California. I'm from about two hours away, oh. the high desert. Yeah. Oh, okay, keep going. Yeah. All right. So yeah, I came here to do like the artist thing, and yeah. I got a job at this really incredible. Um, uh, recording studio when I first got here, oh. um, right in Hollywood. And I'm telling, I was doing client service there. And so mm-hmm. I'm telling you literally it'd be a regular day and Beyonce would walk in and then Alicia Keys would walk in. Stop. <laughs> okay. So this is a big recording studio. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A very and, big one. And, wow. and then John Mayer would be there and Joan Jett and then Chris Brown and then all these like crazy people that yeah. were just you know, iconic, uh, maybe not so much Chris Brown, but whatever. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Just like really uh, incredible yeah. people, really yeah. incredible producers and writers were coming in. Justin Bieber would come in and like have his entourage and this whole, you know, thing. And I got such an in-depth, close look at how their lives are led and mm-hmm. it scared the shit out of me. And I was, In what way? In the way that I was like, oh my God, their lives are not their own. Yeah. They have people, it just, it just seemed like, and I know that there is, there's a lot of steps between right now and Beyonce, right? So, course, and I yeah. learned, I learned that, you know, later, but, um, it just seemed like their time was not their own. 
they had people around them who were just sucking life out of them, Mm -hmm. you know, who wanted something out of them. And, you know, in, as my younger self, I didn't have the capacity to know that it was my choice, how I wanted my life to be. So back then it just scared the shit out of me. And I was like, nope, don't want it. Don't want it. Don't want it. Oh, okay. So like you, you saw yourself going down like that type of path and you're like, nah, not for me. It, it, yeah. Not even, not even that I was like even close to that. I was still so early in my artist development, but I, yes, to answer your question. Yeah. I just, I think the whole, because that was my dream to be a super, like to be a superstar and the whole thing. And, um, like small tangent story to that is I was on American Idol when I was 16. And so what? like, this oh has God. just been such a dream for me yeah. for so long. And then it, it wasn't, it was uh-huh. just like taken away. It wasn't a dream anymore. And so I found myself in this place where I was like, I spent the first 23, you know, what is this? 22, 20, yeah. 22 ish, 23 years of my life. Um, wanting one thing and now I have no idea what I want yeah which is scary it's terrifying yeah and so I kind of just like really floundered for the next year and was treating my body horribly and hating on my body Mm -hmm. and you know it was so much more than food right it was like the fact that I had no idea what my purpose was and I had no idea what anything was uh and so what happened a year in is I was at home and I was watching a documentary mm-hmm. and I don't know why or how, I can't remember, it was divine timing for sure, but I was led to this documentary called Food Matters. Oh, good one. It's such a yes. good documentary. And it's, you know, it's all about how the food we put into our bodies really matters and mm-hmm. how it affects every part of our lives. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I, I knew that I have, I, I've always known that I've had a capacity to help people and mm-hmm. that it's been a passion of mine. And, um, so I was like researching, I, I like literally stayed up till 4am that night and I was like researching the film and researching the, the filmmakers and the people who put it together. And that's how I found the Institute of Integrated Nutrition, yeah, which is where I got certified as a health coach in 2016. Mm-hmm. Oh, very cool. And, um, I'm, I'm trying to give you the short cause this is, but so the short of it is. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> okay. I mean, these things are never, never short. Never short. It's, all, it's always a journey. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, so my journey from there was that I got certified as a health coach and then mm-hmm. was seeing clients um, for a while as a health coach. Right. So actually, yeah, so I, I got, I started school in 2015 and then certified in 2016 16. and was seeing clients for like six to eight months and mm-hmm. was just finding that it was not filling me up. And I was like, God damn it. Right. No, like it's still, damn it, this still isn't the answer. Like what is the answer? Mm-hmm. And so... What I was noticing, though, is that I would be be doing these six-month programs with my clients, and they were telling me really intense stuff. Yeah. They were telling me, I imagine. like, the things I just told you about. They're mm-hmm. talking to me about worthiness and limiting beliefs and trauma that they had, had uh, faced yeah. and abuse and yeah. abandonment wounds and really deep stuff. And I was so honored that they... Would open up like that. Exactly. Of course. But I also didn't know how to help them, nor was I qualified to help them. Exactly, yeah. And so I was like, wait a second. I, like, I get it. I do not want to help you fucking lose 10 pounds and get abs and, you you know, you can eat all the kale in the world, but if there's something at the root that's not right, it's not going to help you. Yeah. And so I said, okay. I'm not going to take on clients anymore. I stopped taking clients. I had to get a job mm-hmm. and which was like a huge hit for my ego because I had like, Oh, sorry. That's okay. totally cool. Do you want to answer that? No, no, I don't want to answer that. <laughs> it's okay. totally fine. This is a podcast. Okay. <laughs> That's what editing's for. Okay, great. Um, you can just start off talking or start off where you were talking about, um, well, I'm just like so thrown off now. Is that that whole part will be cut? Or are you gonna keep it? Um, no, kind of I'm just like can, okay, okay. Oh, you know what? We'll keep it. Okay, bones. It happens. This is real. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so funny. Okay, so okay. Let me think where I was. Okay, so yeah. So I was like. I stopped taking clients. Oh, getting a, getting a job. Right, right, right. I, would, I understand that one too. Yeah, and it was yeah. a big hit for my ego mm-hmm. because, like. I had built up this business. I was seeing clients. They were getting results. And then yeah. I was like, you know, doors are closed for business. Yeah. What did you end up doing? I was working at, well, first oh, I worked retail. at, no, that was, that was before, but okay. first I worked at a massage boutique. Mm-hmm. Then, um, I worked at, um, the upgrade labs as you know. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
So what I did was I found a program that would certify me to help women with these deeper issues. Right. And I got sort of, I I found this program called Hungry for Happiness. Mm -hmm. And it's just been the most beneficial, impactful, life-changing decision I've ever made. That's so amazing. Not only for, not only, I mean, the the coaching skills and the facilitation skills that I've learned aside the healing that I've done on myself has been astronomical. I hear that all the time with people that do these like different coaching certifications. That's like, you can't learn it without also working on yourself. Like it's part of it. It's all interconnected. Yeah. It's amazing. And something that my coach teaches so often and I've really tried to integrate is we can't put our coach hat on and then take it off at the end of the day. It's like, this is our, this is who we are. We embody this work. Mm -hmm. You have to do the work on yourself before you can help someone else. Yeah. And I mean, that's why I stopped taking clients is because I knew that I needed to work on myself before I could facilitate a a transformative experience for someone else. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so then I, I, I did that and it was just phenomenal. And so what it taught me and what I'm doing the work I'm doing now is I'm helping people with body image. I'm helping mm-hmm. people with the root cause as to why they str- struggle with eating disorders in the first place. Mm-hmm. The root cause of why they binge and like have the, you know, binge and purge or why they're stuck in a diet binge cycle right. or, you know, why they struggle with anxiety or feelings of unworthiness or, you know, feeling numb or disconnected from your body or using food as a drug. And it's mind blowing what I, I had to come to real terms with my own relationship with food, my own relationship to my body. Mm-hmm. And it was very uh, jarring in a way. The program was hard in that it really made me take a look at my, some deep wounding that I have and mm-hmm. deep shadow. Yeah. And, um, but it prepared me all the more to facilitate that experience for someone else exactly. to go there. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, something that I learned is that, I can't take anyone to a place that I haven't been myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, it was. It's really. It was and is really important to me that I first and foremost embody this work, mm-hmm. and not just be the coach and the guru and the person who's going to show you the way. Because I don't know. I don't know the way. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I'm just as much mm-hmm. on this journey with my clients as yeah. they are. Yeah. And we're doing this together. And something that I tell them all the time is this is also my medicine. Mm-hmm. You know, me offering love and support and help and guidance to you is just as much my medicine as it is yours. Mm-hmm. And the other day, my therapist was like, Stevie, we teach what we need. Of course, it's your medicine. Because, you know, she's a couples therapist. Okay. And my boyfriend and I are in couples therapy, and it's been so huge for our relationship. That's amazing. It's, oh my God, I cannot remember. I like, I don't recommend going to, I mean, you have to go when you're in crisis too, but I recommend going to therapy like as if it's like a tune up for your car. It's just necessary. Yeah. I have a couple of uh, therapist friends and they're like, it should be like going to the gym or going to the doctor. Like you see your therapist or you see a couple therapists. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and she was like, yeah, you, we teach what we need. I teach She's, she does individual too, but she specializes mm-hmm. in couples. She's like, because I have I had a horrible like uh, relationship with with relation, rela- I guess relationship with relationships. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, in the past, and my Her parents voice, were yeah. fighting and and had a really tumultuous marriage, and so she's like, I teach this because this is my medicine. Mm-hmm. So, so when you're seeing clients, is it just like you're? almost like, oh, whoa, you figure out things with them and you're like, oh, whoa, I didn't see that before. And that's it's sometimes, sometimes for sure. What I, what I find to happen is that I will, it's more so that it it, sometimes it's not quite an aha moment. Sometimes it is, but it's more so that someone's struggling with something and I'm helping them and Mm -hmm. giving advice and love and support. And they're like, oh, Stevie, thank you so much. And then I'm like, wait a second. I need to tell myself this. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> you know, okay. it's like, it. yeah. it's, it's this thing where I'm like, oh, this is such, as I'm speaking it, I'm reminding myself and I'm integrating and mm-hmm. healing myself too. Right. And I think that's the most beautiful coaching relationship you can have is one where you can learn from each other mm-hmm. and come to this place of mutual understanding and support and love and, right. um, 
it's just, yeah, it's just been the biggest gift. And I, I, I know that my journey from where I was when I was a kid of my, myself there too, of using food to numb my emotions because my pain was too real. Right. And, you know, and now helping people with that as an adult is really, really special. Yeah, that's so amazing and quite the journey. Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. Is that, yeah. that was kind of long. <laughs> no, no, who cares? Thank God, you. I love that. Thank you. I don't even, there's just so much to go off from that. So you do, you do a lot of body image work. Mm-hmm. How prevalent do you think that is amongst people? Just even people that aren't coming to you. I feel like there's a study that says 91% of women in the world struggle with body right. image I mean, and how self-love. Could you, how could yeah. you not? Yeah. I feel, so I, I talked about this recently in the, in terms of like health information that's put out there in terms of like food and stuff. Like you can read an article about how bulletproof coffee is amazing for you and then read another article where it'll cause cancer. Who knows? Like, right, know? right, right. But it's like the same thing with body image. It's like, cool, like be thin, be this that you see in the media. But then they're like, but big butts are awesome. And like, like uh, Nicki Minaj and that type of like, and it's like, what, what, how could anyone ever feel like what they're, the images they're seeing out there, how could they ever feel they're like that ideal body, you know? So, yeah. And so I work on this too, Mm -hmm. because this is, this has been a struggle for my own journey, which is like, what, you know, what do I want my body to look like? Right. What do I want my, not what does the media want? Right. What do my family want? such a good point. I've never, I'm having an aha moment right now. I'm like, (laughs) whoa. Okay. (laughs) You know, it's like not what the media wants, not what my family wants, not what my, you know, significant other wants. What Mm -hmm. do I want my body to look like? How do I, not not do I, the fuck what I want it to look like. How do I want to feel in my body? Exactly. And we've been so disconnected from our bodies for so long. It's Mm -hmm. like we've, if you could see me, I'm put, you know, I'm putting my hand at my neck because we're just all thought. We're all in our head. We're, we're all, you know, you know, the mind is racing. The mind is racing anxiety. Oh my God. What if I don't do this? Am I, am I good enough? Am I da, 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 da. And if we just take a second to ground down and go inward and connect, Mm -hmm. the body holds the wisdom, right? The body is on the journey. We just are facilitating the body. Mm -hmm. And so it's, I just taught a workshop on this where we were talking about when you get quiet, when you quiet the noise, the mental chatter, the like, I'm not good enough, the what is the media and my mom, and like, when you quiet the noise mm-hmm. and you listen to the voice, the yeah. voice is like a soft, gentle whisper. It's connected to your intuition, it's connected to your truth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when you quiet the noise, you can hear the voice. Right. The only way you can hear the voice is if you get quiet, is if you connect to your breath, is if you ground down into your body. Mm-hmm. And then your body can speak to you with clarity. Yeah. Then you can have, you know, insight as to action to take. Yeah. But we're so disconnected and we're so numb from them that we have no fucking idea what's going on. Right. You know? Right. And so a big part of my work is helping people feel again, helping mm-hmm. them know that their power is in their pain. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. um, you know, I think a big part of that wounding for the, the collective, the collective consciousness is that as kids, our initial wounding was so painful. Mm-hmm. It hurt so much right. and it was connected with trauma and abuse and yelling and anger and, you know, neglect, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. And so of course, like as adults, you're like, fuck no, I'm not going to feel it again. Nope. Not going to feel it. Push it down. Absolutely not too much. Too hurts. Like too hurts. Too hurts too much. Hurts too much. Yeah. Um, can't handle it. No. Mm-hmm. But what I'm learning through my, through this work and through my own process is that the body will never give you anything you can't handle. Mm-hmm. The body yeah. will never give you anything you can't handle. I promise. Yeah. So that. no matter First of all, like when you go into your shadow, A, you can handle it. Mm-hmm. B, it's not as scary as you think. Mm-hmm. And C, it is the portal to feeling better. Right. In order to feel better, we have to be better feelers. You have to. In order to feel better, we have to be better feelers. There you go. And I love so. That. And shadow being like 
Shadow being, yeah, yeah, shadow meaning like the the parts of you that you don't want to look at, the parts of you that are really are painful, the parts of you that have really struggled and have had trauma. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so I just, I encourage my clients and I encourage my friends and I encourage my fucking self (laughs) to, to feel into any emotions that come up because the more that we can sit with them and love them and be there for them and acknowledge them, the easier and the quicker Mm -hmm. they dissipate. They dissipate, exactly. Because if you don't deal with it now, it's going to come up. It's going to at some point come up. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's good. (laughs) Yeah. How do you suggest someone gets started on that? There's there's a few ways. I I think the first step in doing this work is having awareness. Yeah. Awareness That's and willingness. The willingness, Very good point. Yeah. the willingness comes in of like, okay, I'm willing to go there. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to open this can of worms. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to do the work to feel better about myself and reach a point of self love and self acceptance and understanding and yeah. nurturing for myself. So I think the willingness has to be first mm-hmm. and then comes the awareness, the awareness of, of the emotions that I'm feeling, the triggers that come up. Right. What I tell my clients is we have to get the curiosity is when I get triggered Instead of like spiraling into anger, resentment, um, fear, you know, scarcity, you know, instead of spiraling into the, the trigger, mm-hmm. having a moment where you say, okay, okay, put your hand on your heart, close your eyes, I feel you, I hear you, what are you trying to tell me, what belief are you attached to, it's, it's just about getting really curious mm-hmm. about why you're feeling triggered because at the end of the day our triggers are our lessons Mm -hmm. people are our teachers that's such a good point it's true and so when we have a trigger it's a beautiful it's like an alarm clock it's a beautiful indication that something is not yet healed Mm -hmm. and so it's an opportunity to go deeper yeah and it's an opportunity to you know feel into the emotions that are coming up mm-hmm. and allow ourselves to dig into them so that we can transcend them. Mm-hmm. So I think um, the way we do that is presence. To okay. get present, we use breath and movement. Right. Breath and movement all day long. Right. Or like, the, if, you know, if you're looking for practical take-home it, ways exactly, to, yeah. to get present and to feel into your body, yeah. breath and movement. We're such shallow breathers as, an, as a society, so the moment we can take a full... Deep breath and deep feel it in our abdomen. Belly breath mm-hmm. and, um, you know, connect to that part of ourselves, right. you're immediately dropped into the body. Right. So breath work has mm-hmm. been huge for me. Breath work classes, holotropic breathing. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely recommend, if you don't know what that is, I definitely recommend Googling that or, you know, looking up classes in your area yeah. because it's a freaking game changer. I need to try that out. I've heard it's amazing. It's amazing. And all it does is breath. When you're breathing, breathing that intensely, Mm -hmm. you are releasing trapped energy, right? You're releasing stored energy, whether negative or, or whatever it is that needs to be released. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times people for myself, I know that pretty much every time I do breath work, I cry hysterically because just all this stagnant energy needs to be moved. So mm-hmm. breath work, and if you can't always go to a breath work class, that's, that's fine. But even just day-to-day life, <sighs> taking deep belly breaths, connecting to your breath is always for sure like a surefire way to be present and be in your body. Mm-hmm. And then movement as well. It's, you know, connecting to your body. You know, it's, <laughs> it's just telling I a see, client. First up, I see your, oh, sorry. I see your videos on Instagram of you dancing and they are Amazing. Yeah. It's it's not even just like, oh, you're a good dancer. It's just like you can tell you're just so in it and you're so just feeling it, feeling every movement, feeling your emotions. It's it's beautiful to watch. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. I, you know, and, and what I tell my clients is that this is definitely not dance. You know, what I'm, I'm, when I'm yeah. doing my, when I'm doing my videos, I am dancing. I'm like going crazy. I'm just like yeah. getting out energy. But when I uh, have my, what I have my clients do is a pattern called emotional activation pattern mm-hmm. where what we do is for 10 minutes we just move and right. I'll do this with them and I'm on my zoom call with my client literally moving with them and yeah. you know they feel stupid and they feel silly at first but the 
what it does is it activates any stagnant energy and it activates any emotion that needs to come up. Mm-hmm. So you're you're moving intuitively just how your body wants to move, whether it's you've, whether you want to shake or whether if you want to just move lightly and just or move just move your hips side to side, right. whatever it is. But the important part of movement is that you ask yourself, what is my body trying to tell me? Mm-hmm. What needs to be released right now? Right. And then you just stay connected to your breath and you do this you do this and you, and you ask the questions and it'll tell you, Yeah, I'm telling you when you connect to your body, your body will answer. Yeah. It's just a matter of getting connected to the body and and my clients will be like, but I don't hear anything. I'm I'm just, I'm numb. I'm numb. I know. I know. I hear you, but we just gotta, it's a, it's a practice first of all, but we have to ground down. It's like, when you're really feeling into your body, when you're really connected to your breath, when you're really connected to your present, the present moment, and you ask, how can I love you more? Mm-hmm. She will always answer. Yeah. She will answer. Yeah. And so it's, yeah, I mean, so breath and movement. And I was laughing with this, about this with a client because, you know, it's not practical. You can't just, you know, jump jump out into a dance break in a coffee shop if you're right. really triggered. Yeah. But, but you, can, you can connect to your breath. Always you breathing. can yeah. subtly just rock your shoulders. You can, there's, this is, this is something that you can do in real time. Right. These are tools that you yeah. can do in real time. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of long, but I, I would say no, this, the opening to this work is willingness, awareness, breath, movement, yeah. curiosity. I was going to say awareness is number one, but actually, you know what? Willingness. Willingness is really the biggest part because you're right. People just don't want to go there. People don't want to really feel the pain. And I feel like I would say that I am where I'm at now because of all of the struggles I went through. Like I hit rock bottom and I would say I hit rock bottom maybe like twice really bad. And if it weren't for that, I probably wouldn't be the person that I am today, right. like spiritually and open and everything. But I don't, I feel like it shouldn't have to be like that though. And, um, finding that willingness to do it, to get into that work, even though you have it, you might not be at like the worst place in your life or whatever. I feel like that's just so important to have. And if you think about it, willingness is the, I don't know about the, I was going to say that I don't know about the highest, but it's up there, you know, with what I was going to say is willingness is such a beautiful form of Mm self-love if you think about it because you're basically saying I'm willing to do this work because I love you I'm willing to do this work because I want to feel better Mm -hmm. I'm willing to do this work because I want to evolve and grow and expand right and you know reach a higher level of consciousness and 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 up level right and so it's just willingness is the best most kind thing you can do for yourself yeah the best form of self-love yeah self-care yeah that's kind of like this whole podcast is supposed to be like shifting the hustle from being fame money success all of the well success in like the stereotypical american way Mm -hmm. um to really turning inward and hustling for ourselves and yeah willingness willingness is the first first or one of the first steps yeah totally yeah totally beautiful let's see what do i want to get into now Trust yourself. Huh. Just trust yourself. Okay, so I don't know. I want to talk about like the eating disorder aspects and stuff. I feel like disordered eating is pretty prevalent, but amongst women, amongst in our society and stuff. What okay, what was your experience? Like, do you want to get a little bit more into that? Sure. Yeah. Sure. So I I hesitate to say that I had an eating disorder because I never um in my journey, I never um binged and purged. I never, uh, restricted my diet in any way. My struggle really came with shame and guilt. And so my experience was that, um, what's important. This is the message I got. What's important is that you look good. You're skinny. You go to the gym. Um, and, and you'll have a better life if you're skinny, basically. Right. And, that was the message that was given to me. Which a lot of people. And so yeah. I, when I was eating, it was like I couldn't eat anything, whether quote unquote healthy, whatever that means, or unhealthy, without feeling guilt. Really? Mm-hmm. Anything? Mm-hmm. I couldn't, I couldn't eat food without it not sitting well with me. Yeah. And um, so that was really hard. So I don't, mm-hmm. I, 
Yes, I don't know. I don't know if you'd call that an. I mean, I guess that could be an in sorts of an eating disorder, um, because I just never felt. I, I never felt at home in my body. I never right. felt safe in my body. Right. I always learned to suck in my stomach, mm-hmm. and this is just like one small like little piece. I've always learned to suck in my stomach. Yeah. And oh my gosh, uh, real quick. Really random. I was dating this guy, and um, I didn't realize I was always doing this. And he was European, and they're very open, and all of this. And every time we would like cuddle, or he would go to touch my stomach, I would clench it. I would mm-hmm. suck it in mm-hmm. every time. Like we were laying in bed, like every single time. And he'd be like, one day he was just finally like, "Why do you do that?" Not like he was not being mean or anything, but he was just like, "Stop! Like I love your belly. Like I love you. Why are you clenching every time?" And it was just so mind. I didn't even realize I was doing it. I just wasn't even aware of it. It was so deeply ingrained right. into like a, it was a reflex. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and I get that. that's something that I just I have stopped doing recently. Literally, Kirsty, in the last like month and a half. Really? Yes. Ugh. And yeah. I'm just I, I'm realizing that so much power is in my tummy. Mm-hmm. So much so much intuition is in my tummy that I yeah. can't access if I'm clenched. If I'm sucked in, there's, I mean, I don't know how woo-woo you want to get, but it's like, honestly, okay, (laughs) it's, it's the more sucked in, the more clenched I am, the less space there is for my truth. And that's just the, like, that's my, that's my truth. That's the honesty is that the more I'm sucked in, the more I'm clenched and tense and feeling like I need to worry about, uh, looking bloated or having, you know, a, a belly, whatever. Um, I, there's no room for my intuition to come through and I can't be connected to my body if I'm tense. Right. And so I'm trying to remember, how do we get into, oh, so I mean, yeah. So just learning, learning those ways, learning that my appearance is what's important, learning that my body, how it looks is what's important and not my mind or my personality or, or my essence. Um, that was really, that was traumatizing in a way. And so, my work has been to be so in my body that food food should be a source of – it should be two things, hunger or pleasure. Right. You yeah. know? Or or nutrition, like health, yeah. you know? and There's like nourishment for the body and nourishment right. for the soul. Yeah. And, and there's a total – there's a, a big difference of, you know – eating a whole bunch of chocolate cake because you are numbing emotions. Exactly. Even yeah. though it tastes good, right? Yeah. It's But it, we always want to ask the intention behind consumption. Mm-hmm. Am I eating this chocolate cake or am I having this glass of wine because I want to numb mm-hmm. and I want to kind of escape my reality? Right. Or am I having this glass of wine because I want to enhance this experience? Like I'm with my husband and I, we're at dinner and we're having the best time. I'm super present and I want to have a glass of wine because I want to enhance ex- this experience. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Totally yeah. fine. But it's just about kind of, again, getting curious, mm-hmm. the awareness. Exactly. What's my intention? What's yeah. my intention behind anything that I do? Exactly. What do a lot of your clients come to you for, do you think? A lot of my clients come to me because they're like, I've tried everything mm-hmm. and nothing works. Nothing sticks. Right. I'm sick and tired of being on every single diet. I'm sick oh, and tired of, of, feeling like shit. Mm-hmm. I'm sick and tired of hating. I mean, it's harsh, but like hating myself and hating yeah. my body. Yeah. And so a lot of women come to me because they struggle with self-loathing. They, they struggle with anxiety. They struggle with, you know, uh, binging and numbing their emotions with food. Um, but what's beautiful about this work is that it, it, because food is so much more than food, it has mm-hmm. nothing to do with food. Yeah. The work ends up being so much deeper and, and we work on, and it, which I don't think they're expecting, you know, I think they're expecting to just like me to give them some tools about how to not binge and which I can do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But it's so much the more than work. that. It's going to be more impactful. Yeah. Exactly. And, yeah. um, I'd say pleasantly surprised that they're, you know, they're, you not, I don't think they're quite, um, not understanding, but I think they, it just goes deeper than what they're expecting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's sessions where we don't talk about food at all. You know, yeah. because we're talking about, you know, their dad leaving them and we're talking about, um, the, the messages that they got from their mom and how they received love and, and trauma. And so it's, right. it's, it's so beautiful. I'm just, yeah. I feel in the position that I'm am in as a coach, I feel so honored 
to help people and also deepen my journey and my healing as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is going to be one of the longest podcasts I've done. I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. First off. Sorry. Um, I can talk. <laughs> yeah. No, I love it. And that's good. There's just so many things I can go into. Gosh, my whole, my whole journey has just been a lot of body image, self-love, work, all of that. Everything I went through with my eating disorder and depression and everything was just completely changed when I started to just try to or just work on loving myself and really focusing on why I was why why I believed I was worthy for myself not for everyone else I would say like the external and working towards the external and trying to please others like it just doesn't that doesn't matter it's what's inside that really matters and that work has just been invaluable totally what have you what how have you noticed a difference in in yourself and what has your transformation been Oh, wow. Um, Tables are turned. (laughs) Wow. So I, gosh, I always say that before I started getting help with my eating disorder, I was just a completely different person. I was shy. I was, I, I had no idea who I was. Even in high school, I was constantly trying to be friends with like the popular kids. And then I would hang out with this group and that group. And I didn't really understand myself because I was trying to be this other person. And when I was in college and developed my eating disorder, I just was so focused on people thinking that, or how caring what people thought I looked like because I got, you know, you get compliments when you're, when you lose weight and all this stuff. And that was, I was just so focused on that and so up in my head and had a lot of bad patterns with dating. My boyfriends basically looked like the same person or was this, were, what's the word? They were basically kept, the same person, the same but with a different face. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so when I started to do the work, it's just, I realized that I was very much equating my worth, my worthiness to the way that I looked. I had a lot of insecurities around feeling like I was dumb for a lot of reasons. And then I felt like my happiness would come from a man. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's because, well, I do know, I do. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's because of like my, my, um, my experience, my relationships with like my brother and my parents and that was coming up in my relationship with men. And then I would, you know, when things would go south or they weren't meeting my expectations, you know, I would just like go into a turmoil. And yeah. I realized, and I actually went on this whole, I was a serial dater. Mm-hmm. Like I basically haven't been single since I was 16 mm-hmm. uh, and I'm 27 now <laughs> and up until eight months ago. So the last relationship that ended, I was like done, like this is it, like I need this this time for myself space and I need to really heal. And so I've seen a therapist obviously with like my eating disorder stuff. I also started to do more workshops and more self love events and things around LA. Yeah. It's been really nice. And just cultivating the worthiness and the self love and everything has just been life changing Mm -hmm. and it's hard. It's hard Mm -hmm. stuff. Oh yeah. Many, but there's a reason why they call it the work. <laughs> yeah, the work. Many tearful nights, many questioning things. Something but. you said struck me as, as so beautiful and, and, and interesting. I just talked to, um, I was talking to my client about it this morning in our session, which is, um, you know, with the with the dating. Hmm. I, have, I have a similar story of just not never being single for the, like for the last, let's see, since I was 17 pretty much. Right. And, yeah. um, and what I was helping her with, and and again, like my medicine too, is the more that we look externally for love, the mm-hmm. emptier it's going to be. Yeah. We have to meet our needs internally before we try to meet them externally. Right. Because I promise you, your the love that you give yourself is so much sweeter, so much juicier mm-hmm. than the love that anybody can give you, anybody it's else can give you. Beyond true. So true. And... The thing is, is that that's not to say, of course, we can um, have, you know, beautiful relationships and have partners that, are, that you know, give us love and, and value. But everything else, like, it's, we should meet our needs internally. Or this is the work. It's like meeting our needs internally. And then everything else is 
value added. It's right. like everything else is the cherry and you're the sundae. Exactly. Yeah. Everything else is is the cherry. I mean, that's I, that's the best metaphor I can think of. It's like the cherry and you are the whole like meat and potatoes of it. Exactly. Yeah. And um, I don't know. Like, and also when we when we meet our needs internally then other people's love is even more sweet because mm-hmm. we can fully take it in. We can mm-hmm. receive it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, how are you going to believe what someone's saying about you and right. loving you if right. you don't love yourself? Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're, it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be hard to like take in that type of message. Yeah. 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 And like you said, we're going to continually date the same guys. Mm-hmm. The pattern. Because Until you work on it, and the pattern's going to keep coming. And here's what my coach taught me is that the reason we date the same guys is because the universe is like, bitch. Oh, oh my God. Learn so this true. lesson. Yes. Right, let's, you know, yes. <laughs> maybe not in that intense way, but you know, it's well, like, if you do it long enough, like, <laughs> no. honestly, it's like the universe is sending you or God or higher power, however, whatever you want to call it is sending you the same lesson, the same lesson exactly. until you heal it. Exactly. So you're going to keep repeating the same you're going to keep like playing out the same story until you heal it. Mm -hmm. The guy is not the problem. I mean, he is, but he's not the problem. Yeah. He's not your, like, yeah. Once he's gone, he's gone. Those guys are gone, but you're still the one that's like choosing to get into these same relationships and stay in them. And, and, and not to say that you're the problem, but more so that the guy isn't the one who is, you know, we, we date these bad guys and they're, they cheat on us and they do bad things. But I'm saying that the real work is, Knowing that you're dating him because there's a belief that's not yet healed. The Mm -hmm. belief that either you deserve it or you can't get better or, Mm -hmm. you know, you want to prove that you can fix him, you know. Right. Thinking that you deserve better. Yeah. Really standing firm in that is what I found I struggled in. I just like, I don't know. I just didn't, I didn't see myself as worthy of waiting for someone or looking for someone that treated me really well. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean, I'd see all these red flags, and I'm just be like, no, nope, no, nope, mm-hmm. nope, keep going. Right. <laughs> like, uh, no, Kirsty, hi. Like, maybe you should consider if this is a good idea. You've done it five other times. I'm, I'm being really hard on myself. It's, but it's true. It's like, I don't know. I needed to. I needed a kind of a wake up call. Well, and and, was, and to get to, I don't know if this eases you at all, but knowing that you're, and this is what I would have told myself, I wish I would have told myself when I was younger, is that Mm -hmm. knowing that you're exactly where you're supposed to be in your development. Right. That's a good point. You know, and you're in the exact right moment of your journey, the exact right moment of your progress and everything up until this point and beyond is teaching you Mm -hmm. and is forming you and is, is helping you evolve. And so there's no point in like, making a bad decision and then also shaming yourself for it because mm-hmm. it just causes suffering. Right. That's good. So yeah. it's like we did the best we could with the tools we had at the time mm-hmm. and now we can choose better. Right. We can, we can make a better choice. Right. We can take a different action, but don't, you know, it's not, it's pointless to shame and judge yourself mm-hmm. for your past because it's like, I'm, ex- I was exactly where I was supposed to be learning the exact lessons and painful things I was supposed to be learning and now I'm here mm-hmm. and it's all working out yeah it's all unfolding as the timing is all unfolding perfectly mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's a good point hmm. and look at you now you have this like in beautiful podcast mm-hmm. and you're spreading light and love and yeah you, I mean that's what we all are is yeah. at the core you're a divine being of light and love and right. that's it Right. And so now you're in a place where you're, you know, offering love and support in, yeah. in your way. I truly feel like I went through all of that to help people who are going through the same. Right. Exactly. So that's a good point. Thank you. Uh, I mean, one of the questions that I ask everyone that comes on my podcast, I feel like you've answered at least like 10 times, <laughs> but I'll, I maybe, maybe have something else that you want to throw in what advice would you, would you give your younger self? Yeah, I think I would, I'm going to stick with the, kind of what I just talked about is like, I would tell my younger self that you are, you're doing fine. First mm-hmm. of all, it's like, oh, you're doing fine, honey. You're, yeah. you're good. You're yeah. safe. Um, oh, the safe one. I feel safe. that, like that resonates. Yeah. And, uh, 
I would tell her that she's exactly where, you're, where she's supposed to be. She, you're not behind. Mm-hmm. You don't have to rush. Mm-hmm. You can be with yourself. It's safe to be with yourself. It's yeah. safe to be in your body. Because mm-hmm. um, I think I spent so much of my life, honestly, until I started doing this work, so much of my life just not showing up for myself, mm-hmm. being so unpresent, being so distracted, um, just doing things half-assed because it was I was scared to be with myself. I was scared of what I was going to find. And you know what's way more painful than digging into the shadow mm-hmm. is living in that space, is yeah. living in a space of anxiety and overwhelm and fear and playing small. Like that's mm-hmm. way more painful than any of the darkness you're going to find. That's actually a really good point because you live that pain every day. You live it every fucking day. Your day. Instead of really putting in the work to get through it and then be so much happier once you do. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, this is something that one of my mentors taught me is that this is – this definitely this work is not something where you do it and then it's like, I'm there. I'm better. I'm, you know, there's no there, but this is, this is like lifelong work, but you have so many more, I have so many more tools now Mm -hmm. to self soothe and to feel better that Mm -hmm. I didn't have any awareness about a few, a few years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And so if nothing else, like this work gives you context to help yourself. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so, yeah, I, I, I don't know if I answered your question, but I would just tell her that you are exactly where you're supposed to be yeah. and you're doing good. And I love you. Yeah. <laughs> love you. I love you. I love you. I, I love you. That one. And then what do you hustle for? Hmm. Well, I don't love the word hustle, uh, because I, I think the word hustle implies that we're hu- like again like hustling for our worth, right? And so externally, yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm, um, I'm actually trying. I've hustled my whole freaking life for yeah. my worth, and so I'm actually trying to not do that now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm trying not to hustle. Um, it's still a struggle because it's so ingrained of me, and like, hus- you know, even now, like hustling to get the business and hustling to, you know, market marketing and just you know, yeah. bullshit stuff. Yeah. Um, so maybe I, I think now I'm going to try to like shift it to what am I taking inspired action to do? Yeah, there you go. Okay. Okay. So what am I taking inspired action to? I am taking inspired action to, um, show up fully for mm-hmm. myself. Yeah. For others. Yeah. To stop playing half ass, to stop checking out of my life, to mm-hmm. lean into my life. And I'm taking inspired action to spread this message and, um, you know, reach as many people as, you know, I can while I'm on the planet and, Mm -hmm. you know, take inspired, taking inspired action to, to help. Yeah. I mean, I just, I think it's helping people feel right. I don't consider myself a guru. I don't consider myself with all the answers at all. I just, I, I know that I can help people and I'm confident Mm -hmm. that I can help people. And so it's just about, I want to take inspired action to do that while I'm here. Yeah. Help them with the tools that you have and everything. Yeah. 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 And I want to take inspired action to continually work on myself, not from a place of, of like, I need to evolve and like, hustle, 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 like for even my evolvement and mm-hmm. my expansion, but just taking inspired action to continually be with myself and to continually be dedicated and committed to this work. Right. Right. I love that you, I love that you switched it over to like the inspired action. Yeah. I mean, of course, hustle has like that connotation. That's like, yeah, work hard, kind of <laughs> almost like stressful. To, I mean, to me, it sounds stressful <laughs> always, but yeah, I just, that's yeah and we talked about this I just want people to start switching that effort that they put into all this external things into like what you talked about inspired action like Mm -hmm. into helping others if that's what you're into or bettering yourself if that's what you need to be doing and okay yeah inspired action inspired action Aligned action. Aligned. Oh, I love aligned action. I love that one. (laughs) Yes I feel that. Very cool. So we were going to do this at the beginning, but we decided the end was a little bit better. Oh, yeah. Let's do a – do you want to explain what it is, a body check-in? Mm-hmm. Is that what you would call it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
body check-in. I do this with my clients a lot, and I think it's really, really helpful to mm-hmm. feel better, first of all, <laughs> first and foremost. And so basically what we're doing is we're going to close our eyes. If you're in a safe space, go ahead and close your eyes. Yeah, these do. Okay. All right. <laughs> go ahead and put your hands on your heart space. Take some deep cleansing breaths. Get connected to the body. Feeling your safety. Feeling your sovereignty. You are what you've been waiting for. You are what you've been waiting for. And from this place, staying in your essence, staying in your presence, just go ahead and ask yourself, how can I love you more? How can I love you more? What do you need right now? And what we're doing is we're really connecting to the inner child, acknowledging her, loving her, seeing her, wrapping her in a hug. Sometimes I even put my arms around myself and hug myself and caress my skin as if I was nurturing my own little girl. But what's important here is just asking how can I love you more? What do you need? I'm here for you. I've got you. I'm not going to let anything happen to you. You're safe. And when you get really quiet, she will answer. Hmm. And that's kind of like a shortened version of the check-in. I'm just like, I love that. That was really beautiful. I feel like anything with like the inner child working is just like, because mm-hmm. a lot of it has to do with like the self-love and stuff. And it's like, or like your, your thoughts and imagining if you were talking to like your five-year-old self, that's kind of the work I've done. And it's just like five-year-old self you just want to hug them and like care for them and you want it's like we need to figure out how to do that well yeah Yeah. I mean as now as evolved women we get to reparent ourselves yeah we get to be the parent and meet our needs in ways that maybe our needs weren't met as kids yeah so it's I I literally do like wrap my arms around myself when I need to self-soothe and just be with my emotions you know, when my inner child is throwing a fit, I just, I see you, I love you, I hear you, you're safe, your feelings matter. It's like everything that I would love to hear. Yeah. And do you I'm say t- it out loud? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I found that's very powerful. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, no, that's the little check-in. Thank you so much. <laughs> you're welcome. Yeah, you're and welcome. Thank you for being on my podcast. I really appreciate it. Do you want to let people know how they can they can find you or what kind of um, courses you're offering right now? Yeah. yeah. So I am on Instagram as Stevie Wright Coaching, mm-hmm. S-T-E-V-I-E, uh, W-R-I-G-H-T Coaching. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> people, people spell my name wrong. Yeah. Um, so I'm, in on, I'm, I'm on Instagram as Stevie Wright Coaching. I have a Facebook group called The Goddess Rising Sisterhood that Ooh. has um, – about a, almost a thousand people in it, so That's feel free awesome. to join that. Yeah. My website is about to come out any second, and um, so I'm gonna t- I'm gonna give Kirsty that link, and she can put it in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now, I'm offering one-on-one coaching. And that's mm-hmm. what I'm really focusing on. I'm, I'm really building my one-on-one coaching practice. And I will be doing uh, hosting a group program a little later this, um, probably in the spring, right. um, which I'm really excited about. Yeah. So if you're looking for one-on-one coaching and you are struggling with any of these topics or issues that we, uh, we talked about, I'd love to help you. And you can get um, on my Instagram, you can click the link for a free consultation. 
Cool. And you do Skype and ever, or yeah, phone call Zoom. or Zoom. Zoom. So okay. everything I do is over Zoom. You can be in the comfort right. of your own home. Yeah. Um, I'm actually in the process of getting a office space at WeWork. Oh, so, um, I used to work for a company that worked at WeWork. Oh, really? It's, yeah, WeWork is amazing. It I love is. It. Those co-working and spaces are really cool to meet people, too. Totally, totally. Yeah. So for my for anyone in L.A., I am um, I will be offering in person. So just so oh, you know. Yeah. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on. You're welcome. On. I'm excited for everything. And yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. so it. good. I still feel just like so grounded. <laughs> yeah. Good. Feels good. Thank, thank you. you. I appreciate it. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. As always, I do this for you, and I really appreciate that you guys listen and you enjoy it. So if you want to, you can follow me on Instagram. My handle is at wanderwithkirstie, W-A-N-D-E-R with K-I-R-S-T-I-E. Also, if you really, really love me, you can rate me on iTunes or whatever podcast platform you listen to this on. Until next week, keep hustling for yourselves. Keep loving yourselves. You really do deserve it.